0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of our new podcast series, Building Trust in Government, a conversation about creating outcomes through policy and partnerships. I'm Jim Cook, MITRE Vice President for Strategic Engagement and Partnerships and the Executive Chair for MITRE Center for Data-Driven Policy. Joining me today for MITRE is Dave Pounder, Executive Director for our Center for Data-Driven Policy. Thanks for joining us today, J- Dave. Pleasure to be here, Jim. This podcast series focuses on the important topics facing the public and how leaders across government, industry, academia, and nonprofits can work together to create actionable policy that delivers results. We'll explore what it takes to create breakthroughs that address many of the most critical challenges facing the nation. We're also gonna look at how to address issues that impact the mission and operations of government. And we'll pose questions to leaders. How do you achieve results that matter for the public?
1: Our listeners may know about MITRE's work operating federally funded research and development centers our policy center draws on that experience along with MITRE's labs and a nonprofit foundation to connect our engineers and researchers to policymakers. It's these insights that we are leveraging to inform impactful policy decisions.
0: Joining us for this inaugural episode of the Building Trust in Government program today is former Congressman Will Hurd. We're very excited to have him with us today. Will has lived all aspects of this, from his days as an intelligence officer at the CIA, his time in the private sector addressing cybersecurity issues, to his most recent role as a former U.S. representative from Texas's 23rd District. He's also the author of a new book coming out in March on how to get big things done for the nation. He has a unique perspective on how data-driven policy can create better results. Will, thanks for joining us today. What's
2: up, fellas? It's great to be on with y'all. I'm a little nervous, if I'm being honest, right? Being y'all's first guest, this is gonna this is gonna set the tone for the whole for the whole thing. So it's great to be on with you guys.
0: You are, you will be setting the bar high. So,
2: <laughs>
0: in addition to the book, what have you been working on since you've left Congress?
2: Look, it's crazy to think it's been uh, almost a year that that I've been out of Congress and the book, you know, American Reboot: How to Get Big Things Done has. It's been a great experience for me taking some of these things that I've learned from my time as an undercover officer in the CIA, helping start a cybersecurity company, being in Congress and and putting it all together to talk about these these major generational defining challenges that that we face as as a country. In addition to that, I'm a a managing director at Investment Bank, Allen & Company, where I'm helping technology companies that have a national security application. What I love during my time in Congress was talking about a technology in a policy setting. Now I'm in a technology setting talking about policy. And so, so this, this notion of how the US, how, how the private sector and the public sector has to actually work together in order to ensure this century stays the American century. I just seeing that and doing that, you know, kind of with the on the on the pointy end of the spear with these great companies. Have been fantastic. I'm also on the board of, of a company called OpenAI, which is getting into it's looking at artificial general intelligence, right? This is you know a you know, AGI is a an algorithm or a piece of software being able to be smarter than most humans on a certain thing, right? It's just it's mind-boggling. You know, talking about it. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking like a science fiction novel. Um, some of these companies that are working on it is great. But th- these, are, these are some of the things that, that keep me busy. And it's, um, it's awesome to be able to still be involved in these issues that I know in, that are near and dear uh, to y'all's heart. And, and y'all have been trying to work on for a really long time.
0: So talking about the issues that you're referring to, there's a lot of priorities that, as you said, we're all working on. Cybersecurity, supply chain, Uh, The endless uh, exercise to modernize information technology, immigration, US competitiveness, to just to name a few. What are some of the things that you think we really, really must make progress on as a nation in the next year or two?
2: Look, so if, if I were to step back and say you know what is the top line thing we got to do we we got to take advantage of technology before it takes advantage of us right and and what do I mean by that uh, so 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 this is not just about developing technology for our own sake we are literally in a competition with the, the Chinese government, right? And, and, and I say this like Chinese government very specifically. Not, it's not the Chinese people, it's not, you know, Chinese Americans, the, the kind of hate that our Asian American brothers and sisters have seen over the last couple of years is, 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 um, is unacceptable, right? But this is, a, this is about the Chinese government trying to surpass the United States of America as the global superpower. And they know that they're gonna do that by being a leader in advanced technologies. So not only do we need these tools in order to help continue to help, you know, Americans move up the economic ladder, that we have to make sure it's our values that that start these systems. So so how do we do that? Right. It's everything from immigration, you know, at a time when we have a dearth of people in, in every industry, not just high tech. We need to have a, an immigration system that can, can, can be based on the needs. If, if Texas needs certain category of workers and Florida needs something else, Technology exists to be able to do that. Uh, we have to be making sure that we're we're prepared for this explosion in artificial intelligence, and that you know algorithms are following the law. You know we have we have tons of laws on civil rights and how to protect civil rights and civil liberties. Make sure these algorithms are following the law. And then one that I think doesn't get enough conversation is, is quantum um, computing. We all remember Y two K. Right. Like I, I was still in college and I was afraid to drive to see my girlfriend. I was in San Antonio and she lived in Dallas. And I was afraid to go see my girlfriend because I thought something was going to happen. Right. And then what? nothing happened. Right. Nothing happened. Why? Because we spent 10 years and like half a trillion dollars working on this. And, and this issue of, of quantum, quantum resiliency and having encryption that is based on quantum resiliency is, is crazy. And, and another thing that we're seeing uh, bioengineering. Um, the question to me is not about whether COVID-19 was manufacturing a lab or not. My question is, is the next COVID going to be manufacturing a lab and are we prepared for that? And, and so these are, these are some of the issues I, I, could, I can go on, but it starts with this high level. Of, we need to be working and making sure the government's introducing the greatest and, and, and best technology um, to provide better digital facing services. And, and to make sure that, you know, the American people start trusting the government a little bit more. And the best way to do that is provide better services. And then, and then how do you make sure on these, on these specific technologies that we're, that we're using, you know, uh, that, that, that intellectual heft within the private sector and some
1: of the resources in the public? So, Will, you had a reputation when you were in Congress for getting things done. With these big policy issues, what does it take to really get things done?
2: Look, I think, it, I think it takes this reality that um, uh, time is of the essence, um, but it also requires, look, and, 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 and Dave, you are helpful in making me realize one of the most important roles of Congress is our oversight role, right? And, and when you, you know, what you monitor and what you track you're going to see behavior and changes around that. And so, so, you know, the, the fact that we worked on, you know, Tara, you know, the fact that I, you know, I still remember what fatara is, right? You know, this is this is the, the federal IT Acquisition and Reform Act, which tried to make sure that the government was doing some basic things like moving into the cloud, right? You know, this should have happened back in the 90s. Why were we still having to do this in 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 you know three years ago, right? And so when you shine a light. And, and, and are we are we shining a light on the right things? And, and I always talk about lead versus lag measures. You know, a lag measure is like in sales. You say, okay, we gotta we gotta make X number of money, right? Well, that's that's your what what leads to those sales? It's phone calls. As, as contacts with customers, right? And so, are we focusing on and, and the oversight in the government on those things that are going to ultimately lead to the behavior that we have? And so, I think that's where making sure that legislators and staff have the data to show whether we're moving in, in, in the right direction. I, I think that is, is super critical um, to be able to get these things done. Um, there is still a couple of bipartisan issues in Washington, D.C. I think the threat of the Chinese government to our way of life is one of them. I think the other is that is the importance of cybersecurity. And, and I use cybersecurity in a, in a super broad sense. Right. You know, and, and really in D.C., a lot of people talk cybersecurity as anything technical. Right. And, and so so the, the, the fact that members recognize this in a, in a bipartisan way, but now we have to move with a speed that Congress is not is not used to. And the only way to do that is whenever any, something requires legislation, you got to have you know, someone from the other party and then you got to have someone from the Senate you know, and vice versa, so that you can move this stuff quickly. And, and so that's how I always operated. I was lucky in six years, getting 21 pieces of legislation signed into law. And that's a lot in, in six years. A lot of members don't get to do that in three decades. And, and so, and, but it started with focus on things that matter, focus on, you know, make sure it's all driven by data. And and three, you got to have, you got to have friends um, on on both sides of the aisle, in in both, in, both um, um, uh, in, in a bicameral way to get these things done.
0: Well, you mentioned data. There will and and, and I was glad to hear that. But with so many things being polarized today, does da- does data really still matter? I mean, how do we break through that with data? So so
2: data still matters, but but it, it, but it comes down to how do you how do you share that information, right? Um, you have to, and it has to be succinct, it has to be in a page and a half, right? And and then you have additional materials if somebody wants to drill down. You know, when, when I was in Congress, my day would have started with the National Sheep and Goat Herders, and then the next meeting would be on, you know, Russia. And, and, and this is not a joke, right? It's like a le, legitimate, legitimate meeting, right? And then I would talk about Russian disinformation. And then the third meeting may be with, like, the realtors from my hometown. And then you would have something about, you know, some quantum initiative, right? And then you'd have hearings. And, and so, so the, so data matters, but how you present that also matters, right? And, and so, so I think that's where we need to get where, and, and it's something that can be used, right? Like I always tell people, if you give me something in a talking point that resonates, Guess what? When I'm back home and I'm speaking on something, I'm gonna regurgitate that great data point that you just that you just made, right? Or I'm gonna put it in a tweet, or I'm gonna use it in my my weekly email to constituents, right? And so 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 providing it in a way that it can be used in the most easiest way, that's where I think sometimes folks go wrong. But but data from adoption to to materials, something as simple as you know, when there's new projects, are you delivering results within six months? Right. Yes or no. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, when you have that kind of stuff, it drives uh, it, 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 it makes sure that we're putting resources in, in the right way.
0: We're going to pause for a quick break. I'm Jim Cook. You're listening to the inaugural episode of the new podcast, Building Trust in Government. We'll be back in a moment with
3: more from former Congressman Will Hurt. The world is full of challenges. And at MITRE, we're ready to take them head on. We're working on some of the world's most difficult problems. We are here to create a safer world. We are a world-class team of innovators, thought leaders, visionaries, and doers. We know we are called to do more, do better, think differently, and move faster. And at MITRE, we're meeting those challenges every day. We are solving problems for a safer world.
4: Discover MITRE.org. Policymakers are faced with turning workable ideas into actionable policies. MITRE's Center for Data-Driven Policy delivers objective, evidence-based, nonpartisan insights to government policymaking. We work in the public interest and serve as a bridge across government, industry, and academia. MITRE applies a whole-of-nation approach to our biggest challenges in national security, science and technology, cyber and domestic policy. At MITRE, our mission is solving problems for a safer world. Discover how at MITRE.org slash policy center. Welcome back to our podcast, Building
0: Trust in Government. I'm Jim Cook with MITRE Center for Data-Driven Policy, along with my colleague Dave Pounder and our guest, former Congressman Will Hurd. So Will, what
1: advice do you have for your colleagues in government and the private sector where we could achieve better results and also change the uh, perception of, of government today? Look,
2: I, I think number one, stop fighting the wars of the past, we gotta fight the wars of the future, right? And, and the fact, look, I'm, I'm born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, right? I'm from South Texas, and the fact that I'm gonna use a hockey reference is, is kinda weird, right? Wayne Gretzky always said, skate to where the puck is going, not where the puck has been, right? And so this is what we need to do as a government. We should be thinking, look, in some of these new technologies, there are some things that we know are gonna happen. There's also unknowns, obviously but let's start preparing for those known things that we think are going to happen. Let's, let's go back in time to right before social media became a thing, right? Did we, were there people thinking, Hey, if this happens that, you know, you know, this could lead to, to, you know, young girls, um, having negative images of themselves and leading them to cutting themselves and things like that, bad images of their bodies, right? Like, could we have prepared for that? And, and so, so I, I think there are some, some existing things um, that we know. Let's, let's take um, a topic that we talked about earlier in, 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 in the show on quantum computing. We know that quantum computers are going to be able to break the encryption that we use primarily in, in most things now, whether it's financial services or protecting government secret, secrets, so we need to be prepared for the uh, to having quantum resilient algorithms, and we can start implementing that stuff now, right? So, 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 how are we, and how should we be doing that? How should we be implementing that? We, we, there's a lot of talk about the metaverse, right? Look, I, I own an, a, a, an Oculus Quest and, and, you know, part of it is to see what is this like. And, 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 I, and I, I can tell you this, I don't need a study to tell me that being in the multiverse or the, or the, or the metaverse for 20 hours is probably a bad thing, right? And so how are we going to deal and put systems in place to make sure that the, that we're going to have some healthier outcomes, and so these are these are some of the conversations we should be having. We shouldn't still be talking about transitioning in the cloud. We shouldn't still be talking about information sharing. Right? These are things we should already be doing. And and how do we how do we get in front of that? So so that would be a place where, um, instead of having these policy fights, you know, after a problem happens, let's start thinking through some of those problems early on. So how do you do that and
0: avoid the specter of regulation?
2: Look, I, so so I, I don't think you know re- regulation by itself is not a bad word, right? Like I think there are some things that need to happen, and and, and let's start with let's start with our existing laws, and let's take our existing laws and interpret those into, into you know, future activity that may, that may happen we also can be having conversations around what do we think the intended effect of things are going to be. So, so, so um, Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, who's a great thinker on these issues, talks about how artificial general intelligence, AGI, is going to be able to produce, is going to half the cost of all goods and services every two years. Wow. Okay, what is a situation in which you have an environment where our costs of goods and services are having every two years? How do we pre- be prepared for something like this, right? And, and, and talking through some of those scenarios and having really smart policy people thinking about those and describing those environments and say, hey, what is going to be needed? What is the bad and what is the good? So, so this, this, this concern about being overly prescriptive, that the key is to have some consistency so that the private sector can't know what the rules of the road is gonna be and allows us to be competitive. Because again, back to our my previous point or the earlier point, we're, this is a competition. And, and we have to get these questions right because we want our values and, and, and ideas and of Western liberal democracies, liberal with little L, right? To, to drive the development of these tools, not an authoritarian autocratic regime that we're already seeing that is, that, is, that is pushing these tools to other authoritarian governments, right? And, and that they don't care about civil liberties, they don't care about protecting
1: privacy and things like that. So well, when you were in Congress, you did a lot of work uh, on the AI topic, uh, culminating with your congressional resolution on AI. What, is, what are your thoughts now since you left Congress on you know, where we need to go with the AI topic?
2: You know, my, my, my thoughts have actually only, only crystallized in that this is an issue that is gonna impact and change every single industry. It's gonna allow us to grow more crops with less water, with less energy, uh, with with less land. It's gonna help us diagnose um, you know, diseases uh, sooner and quicker to allow people to live a longer lives. It's going to be the future of cybersecurity is going to be good AI versus bad AI. Um, and and so, so the sky is the limit with this. But when it comes to AI, you know, you really have three components. You have data, you have high-powered compute. And then you have the algorithms. And so all of this, the the training that goes into the algorithm is based on the data. So you gotta have good quality data, but you also have to make sure that you're testing these, these, the the machine learning and the data systems that you're using to train your your algorithms. And so are, are folks within the government sophisticated enough to be making sure that they're testing their 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 their, their data sets, right? Are they using tools that are out there to, to be able to do that? You shouldn't be training your own algorithms and testing it yourself because, of course, this is going to ultimately lead to bias. And if we can go back to Isaac Asimov's um, a book I I wrote about 75 years ago, and one of the things you know that was it that was in that book, and I, I don't want to leave a spoiler to anybody who's not read this is that you you corrupt the training data to corrupt the outcomes, right? And so are we prepared to do this? And do we have sophisticated enough data architectures um, in order to do this kind of thing? And so so these are some of the questions that that I've I've been asking myself since we've done that. And then the next step is, how do we ensure everybody within the federal government is working towards using this as a tool? This is going to help and augment the the ability of humans to do more work right and 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 then are we doing this enough at all levels of government not just in the NSA not just in DOD but in commerce in HHS and places like that
0: so what's next for you you've got a lot of energy you've got a lot of ideas you've got a lot of background in the, in these key issues how do you plan on keeping your hand in the game and trying to drive progress on the issues you care most about
2: Look, the, the first stuff was, was the book, right? American Reboot comes out comes out in March. People can pre-order it now. Um, and, and part of this was outlining, you know, what some of these generational defining challenges are to try to move the conversation because we have to get beyond the, the political fistfights over, over silly things. And our system has gotten gummed up by that. And so, so, so start by talking about that. Uh, two, working with actual real companies that are addressing and dealing with these issues? How can these companies better be able to provide services um, into the federal government? How can you reform how the federal government does things? Um, even working with, with universities about how do you have a workforce of the future uh, to be prepared? So those are some of the things that, that I'm working on now and, and dealing with now, um, because I think it's gonna, it's gonna drive this conversation. because at the end of the day, you know, uh, America became a superpower at the end of World War II. We gave a helping hand to, to our friends. We have become exceptional, not because of what we have taken, but because of what we have given. Not only have we uplifted the American population, but we've been an example to the rest of the world. And I want that to continue for the rest of the 21st century. And so that's why talking about these issues and, out, and, and outlining what some of the concerns are, providing some new ideas on how to do this and doing it in a way that gets that, that tries to prevent people from bringing out their political bludgeons. That's, that's what I'm gonna keep trying to work on.
0: Well, I'd like to thank our special guest, former Congressman Will Hurd for joining us today on the Building Trust in Government podcast to share his thoughts and ideas. As you heard, his new book, American Reboot, An Idealist Guide to Getting Big Things Done, is coming out in March. And thanks to Dave Pounder for being with us to help kick off this series. Please tune in again next month when we'll talk about digital transformation, the challenge for both government and industry when it comes to IT modernization. How can we rapidly transition from old technologies to newer versions while also preparing for emerging technologies like quantum? I'm Jim Cook and you're listening to Building Trust in Government brought to you by MITRE Center for Data-Driven Policy on Federal News Network.
3: is full of challenges. And at MITRE, we're ready to take them head on. We're working on some of the world's most difficult problems. We are here to create a safer world. We are a world-class team of innovators, thought leaders, visionaries, and doers. We know we are called to do more, do better, think differently, and move faster. And at MITRE, we're meeting those challenges every day. We are solving problems for a safer world. Discover
4: MITRE.org. Policymakers are faced with turning workable ideas into actionable policies. MITRE's Center for Data-Driven Policy delivers objective, evidence-based, nonpartisan insights to government policymaking. We work in the public interest and serve as a bridge across government, industry, and academia. MITRE applies a whole-of-nation approach to our biggest challenges in national security, science and technology, cyber and domestic policy. At MITRE, our mission is solving problems for a safer world. Discover how at mitre.org slash